Self, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Spock, I've been thinking about how this all got started. You mean the strong gravitational well of the wormhole? No. I mean humanity. Hmm. Excuse my saying so, sir, but that seems rather myopic at a time like this. The human species is but one amongst billions of life forms across this great galaxy. It's hardly fair or accurate to chart the start of all of this the gradual evolution of one earthen species. Fine. Yes, yes, of course, you're right. Uh, I suppose that I, like many sentient life forms, move first from my own perspective. It's one of the things I value so much about our friendship. Oh? You challenge me. You challenge me to see past my own existence to try to see other perspectives and extrapolate wildly different ways of being. Why, without you, I honestly shudder to think of the captain I might have become. I thank you, sir. And? And that's very logical of you to both realize and name aloud. Well, I did perhaps expect some return sharing on your part of the ways our friendship has impacted you. Oh, yes, I know, Captain. I wanted to lead you on a bit. Play a little joke as a way of showing the ways you have, of course, impacted me. (laughs) Well played. Well played indeed. You are most welcome. And speaking of welcomes... Welcome, friends at home. I am Justine Maston, LMFT, writer, educator, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spocky, and first officer. And uh, I'm relatively excited to talk about uh, this chapter today, chapter six. Great. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Um, Before we get into things, Mm -hmm. um, our banter just now reminded me of a very cute cartoon that I saw recently that is a block of cheese and a bowl of lettuce talking to each other. Okay. And the bowl of lettuce says to the block of cheese, you make me better. And the cheese says, thank you. (laughs) And the lettuce says, do I make you better? Mm. And the cheese says, again, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty great. And uh, I mean, I do get why cheese responded in the way that cheese did. (laughs) (laughs) Again, thank you. Thank you. I accept it wholeheartedly. (laughs) But but in no way, lettuce, do you make me cheese better. (laughs) No, bread maybe. Bread probably makes cheese better. Oh, I used to. 
when I was in high school, my mm-hmm. high school was right down the street from a grocery store. Oh. The wise grocery store chain. Not spelled the way you would expect it to be. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and before drama practice, mm. uh, my crew and I would get a baguette and a block of cheddar cheese. Oh. And we would just rip up that baguette mm-hmm. and eat it with that cheddar cheese. You'd really go to town. And it was just so delightful. God, I miss cheese. Yeah. I miss cheese for you, too. Yeah. I did love yeah. cheese. Mm. I know. I know. I have to admit, I still have a part of me that hopes that one day you and cheese can be reunited in some form or fashion. I, I'm a little worried at this point about being reunited with cheese because it, you know, like people who... uh cut something out for a long time and then they just kind of like go wild about it (laughs) like i'm a little afraid that i would eat nothing but cheese yeah yeah we have to have some guardrails (laughs) you know it would need to be a supportive Uh re-experiencing um Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I could definitely see that going the direction of, oh, my body can process dairy now. Uh, I will have all your finest cheeses, cheesemonger. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you would feel bad and then you'd be like, well, this is it. This is why we can't have cheese. And it's like, well, this is why we can't have all the cheese. <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. But I, oh. It would be nice. Maybe I could just get like a small brie for Christmas or something. Yeah, you know, talk to your trainer about some of those digestive enzymes. He's always. Oh, I've got a I've got a very large container of digestive enzymes in my closet. In in my my medicine closet. Right. You already have it in preparation. All right. Well, yeah. All right. So friends at home, what you just noticed is the full embodiment of what writing chapter six, (laughs) the realm of our republic was was like, because though we've named probably too many times at this point, certainly too many times if you like consider not just our podcast recordings, but the several interviews we've done for promotion Mm -hmm. for the grieving therapist. um, We've talked a lot about how much we avoided things and feelings. Do you think my rant about cheese was avoidance? It was absolutely it was avoidance. It was a fun anecdote for sure. And it did fit with, you know, what we had been talking about, not even tangentially like it fit. You can see the connections. Mm -hmm. But this is how we would trick ourselves. (laughs) And we got really good at tricking ourselves as we were writing through Mm -hmm. this book. And this was this was one of I think this chapter was actually even harder than religion. I think it was harder than religion. I think it was. I think it was mm-hmm. rivaled only by um, our last episode, the the realm of our kin, in terms of just like really struggling with the structure of it, like mm-hmm. having a hard time getting into it, figuring out what it was going to be. I got really, really deep into the philosophy of of the contemporary philosopher Byung-Chul Han. I I am literally rolling my eyes because there Mm -hmm. was a period of time, it is not right now, but there was a period of time when 
there was there was nigh a thing I could say mm-hmm. that would not be met with what mm-hmm. Byung Chul Han would have thought about it. <laughs> it's true. It was so intense, <laughs> listeners, that there was. I took some time off, maybe like mm, a little over a third into our drafting mm-hmm. process, and I went to the spa. It was the first time I'd gone to the spa since the pandemic had hit. Mm-hmm. And I brought a, one of my Byung Chul Han books with me. I cannot uh, imagine reading that at, at a spa. I believe the one that I, I read was Capitalism and the Death Drive. <laughs> you know, I love to get slathered with detoxifying mud and then read about <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the death drive and how neoliberalism mm-hmm. is destroying everything we hold dear. Um, <laughs> I have this like really intense memory of I had, you know, gotten pounded within an inch of my life and then did some sort of detoxing on my face. And you can do this like circuit at the spa that I go to when I go to the spa in the fair city of Chicago, where there is a hot, there's a hot pool, a cold pool, and then a sauna. Oh, heaven. Right. And so I would do the hot pool and then the cold plunge and then the sauna. And I remember at one point sitting in the sauna and I had like 36 hours prior to this, I was in such a frenzied state about the book. I was like, it's not coming together. Justine has long COVID. We're never going to make it. (laughs) And it was just, it was also like the first week I was trying to go out and do things. And I was just like having panic attacks all Mm -hmm. over the city of Chicago. So like I'm sitting there 36 hours later in this like scathing hot sauna. It's so hot, the steam coming off my body that my vision is blurred. (laughs) And I remember I just started counting. Mm. And at one point I hit what in my memory was like the golden number. And I'm not even going to try to like look up right now what that number actually is because it's not super important what it was. But I remember when I got to, I think it was 360 that I got to just counting. I (laughs) felt... I felt amazing. I felt Mm. this like moment of transcendence. And I was like, this, this is what Joseph Campbell meant when he would write about how like math is its own mythological system. (laughs) Uh, uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I think we can finish the book. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. I... I had no such transcendence (laughs) around the book. I have had moments of transcendence. Of course. Yes. Yes, you have. (laughs) And it it has seemed like writing the book was sort of a stairway, perhaps not to heaven, but certain kinds of like transformation for you. For sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, you were so you were literally so ill doing during so much of the writing like that. Mm -hmm. You are not going to experience the golden number. No, no, I didn't. Uh, And something that I realized when writing this chapter in particular was how much just stuff I was holding around politics that I hadn't really ever put together. And Mm -hmm. longtime listeners of the show will remember that Larissa and I talked about our, we have talked about our politics a number of times, but there was one episode we did that I will not 
be able to remember. Um, That's fine. When um, we were talking about, it was probably the 2016 election that we were discussing. Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just how how desperately we were experiencing that. Sure. And if you haven't listened to it, friends, don't feel like you need to go through the catalog to find it. Because I'm going to tell you what the what the the juxtaposition or the the gist was. And the gist was mm-hmm. I had met Bill Clinton. Yeah, I do remember this episode. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. my dad was like so into the Clintons. And like yeah. it seemed like that was it, he was a part of the Clinton fandom. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. And yeah. Um uh, when Bill Clinton came to Penn State in 1996, like we met him at the airport, and then yeah, I watched his commencement speech to whoever the fuck was graduating from college in 1996. Wow, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I also very much had this like fandom lens yeah. of the Clintons, but also like lots of political stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I was a politician's kid. Yeah. Through and through. You know, and my dad did not describe himself that way. He would never describe himself that way. Um, he Mm -hmm. always described himself as a civil servant. Um, and (laughs) yes, he was in local government. I mean, he was, Mm -hmm. he was the mayor for 16 years, would have been 20 if he hadn't died. But before that, he was on the borough council for however many years before he made it up to mayor. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, I ostensibly grew up <laughs> in politics. You, yes, yes, you did. <laughs> and that was something that I had never really sat with yeah. as influencing my life in any particular way, other than, you mm. know, the ways in which I was taught to perform for others, Mm -hmm. you know, use the correct fork and wear the correct outfit and say the correct thing. And like, I knew how to do all of that. Mm -hmm. But I always kind of just attached it to my parents being snobs (laughs) rather than (laughs) (laughs) like political affiliation. Mm -hmm. But like, why did we get invited to the parties? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Political affiliation. Political affiliation. And, be- right. and before he was on borough council, he was the um, he was the editor of the newspaper at a time when that meant something. A time right. when that was like and carried a lot of clout and power. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah. you know, we were invited to the rooms where it happens. So it was a very yeah. long story to say that writing this chapter really made me like sit with some shit and reckon with it. Yeah, I do remember that. Right. And so I I think you're right. I didn't experience transcendence while writing this book because I needed to have this book written Mm -hmm. before I could. I mean, I started doing the work while we were writing. Yeah. But it was the work of like shining lights on things that had been with you for a really long time and you just hadn't looked. Mm-hmm. 
in those in those places consciously you to make use of parts language you had parts who kept that from you kept them it hidden Mm -hmm. that was their job yeah Mm -hmm. was to obscure and hide that and the process of writing this book was sitting down with those parts as well as the parts that they had kept in the background Mm -hmm. or just in the shadow entirely and getting to know them and talking with them Mm -hmm. yeah And it was very uncomfortable. I mean, yeah, like I have this like image right now, like of like your face on the monitor and me sitting in bed, which like spoiler alert, friends don't write in bed. I mean, I get it. Obviously, I've done it. But like you will fuck up your neck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you like we would be talking about things or we would be writing something and like and that's that was the context for this Mm -hmm. memory that I have of you just like sitting there Mm -hmm. and you were just sitting and being and not saying anything. Mm. Doesn't sound like me. And yet, and yet (laughs) that was a lot of your process of writing this book. It was a lot of crying, which you didn't want to do. That is, I believe that. And being really mad with me that we were sitting there and you were crying (laughs) and then you not being able to write for the day. And then after that, coming back and as as you were able to write, just Mm -hmm. like sitting and being quiet and like thinking Mm -hmm. and being with things. And me on the other end of the line, holding like holding that compassionate space. Um, Because there, yeah, there was there's a lot in politics that we each of us reckon with. Mm -hmm. But it goes real deep for you. It is it is the very it's one of the big roots from which you sprang. Yeah, it's I mean, it's in the family. And it's, it's funny to think back, not funny, haha, but to think back to our relationship over time, and Mm -hmm. how, how much you wanted to invite me to engage in political discourse with you. I sure did. I sure did. And how very little (laughs) I wanted to do that. And oh, yes, I, this understanding Helps me make mm-hmm. so much more sense of that. Because, like, I knew I didn't want to. I I could verbalize that I did not want to do that with you. Um, but now I can very much verbalize that a, a big part of that is, like, you were inviting me to talk about my family of origin. Even though that's, like, not what you were saying. But I was like, you're inviting me to look in dark corners of my family of origin. I do not want to do that. And that sounds bad. Right. <laughs> which and this was when you and i really started to talk about that as we were Mm -hmm. as we were revising because of course spoiler alert friends this like every other chapter of the book looks it it bears like no resemblance (laughs) to where it started um i think this is perhaps the most true for chapter six it's just because the original version was just you and i ranting about like different things and the ways we felt about political things about about political things and how we felt like the government had not just like abandoned mental health and clinicians who were trying against insurmountable odds like so many like all medical and caring professionals were right i want to be clear like i'm speaking from my and my profession's experience i'm not trying to like minimize or ignore others experiences but like we wrote the first chapter from a place of total ranting about the ways that we felt not just ignored, but we felt like laws and things that were being passed were making our lives harder. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they were already so hard. And which which is all was, true. 
All true and all valid. <laughs> and then I remembered I went back and looked at that chapter. I think it was one of the days where like it, you were just too sick mm-hmm. to look at anything. And I was like, oh, God, we can't. We can't do this. <laughs> this this can't. Um, no one else needs to read this. <laughs> this doesn't need to go anywhere. <laughs> That's right. And like, I don't know that that was like, I did that the same week that, that I like mm-hmm. had that transcendent experience at the spa. But that definitely came before the spa. Me sitting mm-hmm. with the initial version of chapter six and being like, no, not this. Mm-hmm. What will we do? And what we did is like what you were just describing, which is sitting down with sitting down with our personal connections mm-hmm. right. to the realm of our Republic, sitting down and being with what are the feelings mm-hmm. and the memories and the experiences that come up for around different, for, that come up for us around different political topics. Mm-hmm. How might we sit with that? And then talk about the ways you can sit with that. Because, dear listeners, that's the only way that as a clinician, you're ever going to be able to work with a client who has even moderate, moderately different political views mm-hmm. right. than you. Which is what this chapter really became, like that like really kind of drew it into the focus, that it's really about what do you do when you have a client or clients? Mm-hmm who sit on very different ends of the political spectrum. Do you refer them out? If you do, how do you do that with kindness and compassion? Mm -hmm. If you don't, how do you embark on this really challenging journey? Yeah. Of sitting with what feel, what is going to feel like to you, like sitting down with the other, the Mm -hmm. other in the sense of like, wow, this person is radically different from me in some ways. And that's going to challenge me to look at, my stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to shift a little bit because I, um, something that I loved about this chapter was that, um, we got to incorporate the mountain. And at the time I was very, very, very into the mountain as metaphor. (gasps) That was the first section. That's right. You were like, I just need to write this, this meditation about the mountain. And I was like, I was like, this doesn't belong in this chapter. And you were like, shut up. (laughs) I need to do this. And you need to sit with me while I write about the mountain as self. And I I was like, okay. (laughs) Because as as I was starting to feel better uh, from my Mm -hmm. long COVID, I I did a presentation at WonderCon. Oh, Yeah about um and Alison Bechtel's newest graphic novel which used a lot of mountain metaphors yes. and it had just mm-hmm. really spoken to me and so the presentation that I did involved a mountain meditation and I was like mountains had become inextricably linked with my healing yes and I was like we need to have some fucking mountain meditations in here and uh-huh. and to mm-hmm. your credit, I mean, you weren't happy about it, but you were like, sure, write mm-hmm. the mountain meditation. Um, <laughs> and this is what we mean by this process being profoundly experiential, uh-huh. that 
while the original form the mountain meditation took did not make it into Mm -hmm. the book you writing it was an integral part of your own healing journey Mm -hmm. and you had to write it in order to get to what chapter six was going to become and me sitting there quietly (laughs) eventually while you wrote Mm -hmm. the mountain metaphor that like forced me to sit and consider the mountain as well Mm -hmm. And the mountain became one of, like, it's one of the visual metaphors that we used in this book that people, I think, like, talk about the most Mm -hmm. and the journey that the reader goes on Mm -hmm. with the two guides that accompany them first up the mountain and into the mountain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, well done. Yeah, thank you. Really? And you're welcome. As we're talking about it now, I don't know if I had awareness of this at the time. You can remind me if I did. Um, and, yeah. and I've just wiped it out. But um, memories of my dad are really linked to mountain meditation. Oh, I don't know that you named that. Yeah, I might not even have realized it at the time. Um, huh. But um, talking about transcendent experiences, when mm-hmm. I um, when I was a baby yoga teacher, like I was in my level two of my yoga teacher training. Oh, Wow. Uh, my mentor, Becca, which I... Well, that's right. I remember Becca because at the time she was teaching a core power in Minneapolis and I was going there. Yeah, uh-huh. um, she led a mountain meditation. Yeah. Um, and I, up to that point, like yoga had always been really integral to my well-being and healing. Um, But Mm -hmm. I hadn't had like a big catharsis. Sure. Um, And in that mountain meditation, the first invitation is to picture a mountain. Mm -hmm. And I was trying very hard to picture um, the, the giant peaks that I had seen in New Zealand at my, on my honeymoon. Sure. But but a part of me, I can recognize this now, kept bringing me back to Mount Nittany, which is the mountain in my hometown. Yeah, that's right. And I kept trying to go to New Zealand. And this part was like, that's not where we're going. Right. And it was a hugely emotional mm-hmm. releasing experience. Because at that point, my father had like died very recently. Right. Um, cause my dad died in 09 and I did my yoga teacher training in 2010. Wow. Yeah. So he'd probably been gone maybe a year. Yeah. A year, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I really, because he was a public figure and I'd had to put on such a public face, I hadn't been able right. to grieve and that, that mountain meditation keeping coming back to Mount Nittany, which was this place that symbolized this home mm-hmm. and this connection to my father. Like, yeah, I, I was just weeping on my mat. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I was trying to express it afterwards, I think to Becca and she was like, yeah, thank you. Um, but I was like, no one understands <laughs> I know. I mean, here's the thing. If you've ever taken a core power yoga class, is they always say at the end of session, let me know, like, please feel free to like share your experience or share what your mantra was. Mm-hmm. 
when I was uh, like such a young, a young human going to Core Power for the mm-hmm. very first time, I remember like, oh God, they really, they really want me to do that. And I had this like the, this part that was like, oh my God, do we have to do that to follow the rules? Mm-hmm. Now, in this much older stage of my life or what feels much, mm-hmm. much older, I'm like, Fuck that shit. I'm not telling you. <laughs> like, you are not going to be a part of this personal journey for me. Because, like, I don't know that you can. I don't know that right. I can trust mm-hmm. that you can actually hear me and, like, hold space for it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mad props to you, you for being that vulnerable and taking that leap. And it surprises me not at all <laughs> that Becca was like, actually, I don't have the training to do this. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she was compassionate, but but my memory is, yeah, her just being like, that's great. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, she couldn't go there with me. And and how could she? I mean, counterpoint, though, and I know obviously their training is radically different, but here's the thing. If you say and invite people Mm -hmm. to come to you, I would, at this point in my life, I'm like, you best be ready. (laughs) You best come correct. Because, like, our, our mentor, Patty, who's also a trained yoga teacher, you could come up to her and, like, literally tell her anything mm-hmm. about your mantra and, like, breath-to-body movement. Mm-hmm. And she'd meet you there and just, like, yeah. hold it. Yeah. Hold it with you. That's true. And mm-hmm. Patty also has extensive training in psychology. Right. As do I. Um, mm-hmm. But I... I do hope that the the yoga teacher trainees that I trained, that I trained them well enough to know, like, s- set your own boundaries and know yes. what those are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Patty's great. I remember um, this is slightly tangential, but that's OK. Um, when when we were still in grad school. I was going through some medical stuff and I remember going up to her and telling her about it and just like, cause I was in such this like emotional, vulnerable, raw place. Yeah. And she, she just looked at me and she was like, there are layers. Cause I was like, and this, and this, and this, and this. And she's like, mm-hmm. there are layers. And looking yeah. back on this, however many years later, I'm like, Oh God, I've, I've said that. Uh-huh. Totally. <laughs> like when someone just keeps listing and listing and listing all the things that are wrong. Yeah, there are layers. Oh, yeah. There's just, mm-hmm. there's layers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's real benefit to naming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else do we want to say about this chapter? I mean... If anything. Wait, I'm just making space. Sure. I'm just now I'm just thinking about Patty and how she can just like really just like ground into like the central core of the earth, (laughs) which is the thing that I've in my experience in working with clients who sit and experience politics Mm -hmm. in radically different ways from me. That's been the doorway for me. Mm. It's just getting so rooted, so grounded, so present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To just be mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And you have so much more experience with this than I do. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it, I think that was the thing that I really 
that I was reckoning with in writing this chapter, you were reckoning with this really powerful sort of spiritual differentiation mm-hmm. from your father. Yeah. Um, I was really reckoning with like how much of my career thus far had been working with folks who do experience the world and her systems in really different ways from me. Mm -hmm. And what is that like? And why am I still so drawn to that work? And what it really helped me realize about myself, and I'd sort of like joked about this in the past with our executive producer, who's also my husband, Brian, that I have a bit of a conservative streak. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote about that in this chapter. And I really like really came to like f- more understand and sort of fully appreciate that aspect of like my system that parts of me and like these parts tend to sit in like the Jungian conception of the shadow, which is to say the shadow in Jungian depth psychology holds those things that your current environment shames or denies or Mm -hmm. finds distasteful. And conservatism very much is Mm -hmm. seen as a distasteful thing in lots of um, the circles that I find myself moving in. And like, yeah, writing this chapter for me was like, wow, look at this. Not only do I have like a conservative streak, but I very much do have like conservative parts of me. Like, for example, my shadow does not believe in divorce. Full stop. Mm -hmm. Endings. Sure. Yeah. But like, can you really divorce someone not in the way we talk about it, I don't think. Um, and my shadow's just like, nope, you can't divorce, so you might as well. <laughs> Either make a promise or don't. <laughs> Which is such an extreme very, viewpoint very and Carl Whitaker of you. It's very Carl Whitaker of me. And I remember, like, I put in the book, like, I mm-hmm. talk about that and I talk about, like, Larissa learned that she had this conservative side. And the way that I put it before, our editor, her notes back were like, oh, could you explain this? Because this doesn't really fit you or how I experience <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, like, played with the language and toned it down um, because that was a good example of, like, this is part of my personal journey in writing mm-hmm. the book. And how can we sort of like shift it so it is the most accessible and understandable for Mm -hmm. readers that are going to be drawn to it. Um, But yeah, it was a really, it was a very surprising piece of my journey in writing the book. And it's something that I really treasure that I'm really glad that I took out of it because I did used to feel varying degrees of like shame or discomfort around this more conservative part of me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm able to be so much more spacious with it. And wouldn't you know that that translates into the work that I'm doing just out in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that that's right. Mm -hmm. (sighs) uh, I'm thinking back to when we sent this out to our beta readers. Oh, yeah. And some folks had some really big feelings about this chapter. Mm -hmm. This, Mm -hmm. I think, is where we started to realize how yeah how much this was going to bump up against people's stuff agreed you know like we we wrote this book fairly provocatively like we mm-hmm. you know and we we wound up we did we wound up naming that in the intro cuz i was like we need to tell people that we're doing this on purpose 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You're so right. And like mad props and gratitude to our beta readers because some of their like genuine and heartfelt responses really did offer that moment. Or like it was a catalyst mm-hmm. for you and I to reach that place of insight around like, yeah, we actually do need an introduction mm-hmm. so that people can really understand what they're signing up for and feel like they can consent to it. Mm-hmm. And also know that like you do really need to like read this book maybe need is too strong a word. I think this book is, I think you're best served if you read it slowly Mm -hmm. because it is provocative in the sense that it challenges you and forces you to sit down with the places that you don't shine lights of awareness. Mm -hmm. And I thought one of our, the Shelby who interviewed us for our final event on our book tour um, at Book Endings and Beginnings here in Illinois in Evanston. She had this like really great way of describing it that I'm just going to paraphrase where she was like, you know, and like, I found out I was going to do this interview like not too long ago. And I thought like, this book isn't that long. I can just like sit down with it and go through it. And then I got into it and I was like, wow, <laughs> there's a lot here. And maybe if I'd known that, I would have tried to leave myself more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's real. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one one of our pals who came to that book event, uh, yeah, pulled pulled me aside and was like, "I've only read one chapter, but like, I just need more time." And I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. If, if that one chapter is all you ever read, that's okay. That's okay. You know, like it. Take what you need. Leave the rest." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Put it aside for a while. Come back. That's right. That's right. Trust that, like, if you've taken what you need and this is the time that you need it, that that's enough. Mm-hmm. If you ever need more, you'll find it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it it was reading the feedback from our beta readers that we were like, oh, wow, we're bumping up against some shit for people. And that's not bad. We just need to... We just need to be really explicit so that they have informed consent. <laughs> hey, we're we're going to keep putting stuff up in yeah. front of your face saying, pay attention to this, invitation to pay attention to this. Right, right. Yeah. I'm even remembering, I think it was, it was the section in, in chapter six, of course, because mm-hmm. of course it was, where, and I think at the time, my recollection is you and I felt like this is not that extreme of a thing to say. We say something along the lines of like, our current system of government is not working. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I was like, oh, yes, that's just... That's just true. <laughs> that's just true. It's just an observation. Mm-hmm. It's, of course, not just an observation. And very understandably, this person did not feel like it was but just an observation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's part of the really cool thing about people Mm -hmm. agreeing to do beta reads is, you know, because we stare at it Mm -hmm. for so long that, like, you know, we've talked about some yes. things maintain their intensity and like we would need to read each other's stuff if we didn't feel mm-hmm. like we could read it. But like overall, right, we're, we're quite desensitized to the the provocativeness. Right. And like at that point, I'd read I read Hospicing Modernity, <laughs> which is you have recommended that book. 
to everyone. To everyone. And like, I, this day yet again, I stand before you <laughs> recommending cosmising modernity. And I will also say that like reading that book, like radicalized me even more than I was already radicalized. <laughs> it also really... It like it, it really I feel like it really speaks to what you're naming in terms of like what we were versus we're not sensitive mm-hmm. to that. Like after reading that book, I was like, oh, yeah, like my like the relativity spectrum just like grew mm-hmm. a billion sizes that day. <laughs> uh, and so I just I, I needed we needed those outside folks to mm-hmm. read it and be like, whoa, yikes. This is a lot that what you're saying right now. <laughs> and then we were like, you're right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. and they also, I mean, offered invaluable feedback about just like their own life experience and mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. in which they are a part. And yes. uh, yeah. And like so generous. And like each of them took like time out of their already like very busy, very intense mm-hmm. schedules um, to do this for us. And they, it was volunteering. They were volunteering their time. Yeah. They did us a favor and we're so grateful. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They get yeah nothing in return, but our thanks and a copy of the book. That's right. Our sincere gratitude forever and ever. And the knowledge that they've made it into the book of life. <laughs> Because that's an arrangement that we made. That's right. Or if we want to pull from Star Trek lore and think about Worf, that they're going to definitely go to Stovacor. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) They'll hear the chants of their ancient warriors Mm -hmm. as they lay dying. Yeah, Yeah, like space Valhalla. Mm. The final frontier. There it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know we're kind of like winding down here as we're sitting with our process with the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to highlight in case you listener at home happen to be listening to this episode and you haven't yet read mm-hmm. chapter six and you're like, wow, this sounds like a lot of intensity. I don't know. Rest assured that we continue to be the whimsical mm-hmm. creators that we've always been. And like, I don't want to do spoilers like I I want in case like you're listening to this and you haven't read this chapter Mm -hmm. to be surprised or to have the opportunity to be surprised Mm -hmm. by the whimsical sages that we put in chapter six. And they are so whimsical and they're just like such a delight. Mm -hmm. And when we did our book party in Minneapolis, it really was like one of the big highlights for me was when Patty, of course, Mm -hmm. said how much she loved the mountain and the guides that accompany you mm. to the mountain. Oh, I don't know if I heard that bit. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's so lovely. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of people really love um, the honey badger, which is totally fair. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like very classic Patty that she was like, you know, mm-hmm. these other these other two are also really lovely. Yeah. Well, and uh, Kyle Rebar, our producer, mm-hmm. uh, who also composed our theme song, um, That's right. He's, he famously listened to me read the book. He sure did. Talk about getting a distilled potent dose mm-hmm. or series of doses, really. Well, right, because he listened to me read it and then he had to edit it down. So He sure did. God, such a mensch, mm-hmm. that Kyle Rebar. Yeah. He's definitely going to stove a court. <laughs> 
You know, he should never, ever worry about that. He will hear the drumbeats and the calls of his Klingon ancestors. <laughs> um, he recently left us a review on Goodreads where he praised the, uh, <laughs> the guides for this section. And it sparked a lot of joy for both of us. Yeah, a true delight. Mm -hmm, that's right. But the other thing I would say is this chapter really feels like a chapter that would benefit from having a buddy who's read it too. Oh, yeah. Like a book club? Mm -hmm, like a book club or just like a one other human to like kind of like talk to and like mm -hmm. bounce off. Like what were the ideas? What were the memories? What were some of the feelings that came up for you? Um, not in the sense of like political legal debate. Mm-hmm. But really in the sense of like presence and curiosity and caring support. Because politics, I think you said it so well, it's so deeply connected mm -hmm. to what happened to us. And often it's so deeply connected to what happened to us when we were really, 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 really young. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense that we can have a lot of like big protector parts that like come up and get like really heated when we shift into talking about politics and it's really understandable that can go into the, it can go into the debate zone, mm -hmm. but really the offering or one of the offerings of this chapter and certainly one that I'm making again today is to shift into presence and mm -hmm. to do some processing around it with another human that you trust to be in presence with you. Oh, I like that. And I really like the idea of like having a buddy for the whole book, you and mm -hmm. a buddy. That's right. You know? It's dangerous to go alone. It is. Take this. And ge <laughs> gestures towards your buddy. That's right. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. Thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Kyle Rebar. And finally, thank you to our executive producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You are the other we need. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can tell your friends to check out our back catalog. Be sure also to pick up both of our books for yourself and your loved ones this holiday season. That's Starship Therapies, using therapeutic fan fiction to rewrite your life. And uh, The Grieving Therapist, caring for yourself and your clients when it feels like the end of the world. They both make great gifts uh, to you and others. And as always, friends, live long and prosper. <laughs>